Moto America fans, it's time for another episode of Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. You'll laugh, you'll cry, and you may even learn something from this unlikely pair and their special guest. The mic is yours, Paul and Sean. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Paul Carruthers, and this is our weekly Off Track podcast, Off Track with Carruthers and Bice. I've got Bice up there in the corner, and down below, I've got uh, the new look, fresh look of Cameron Peterson. The long locks of hair are completely gone, and he looks like Cameron Peterson from 2015. So is that a short hair don't care, or a short hair I care more? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question. I haven't thought about that one, but yeah, it was time. Time, new wrist, new year, new look, you know, trying trying to come into it fresh. I mean, you've got to be looking forward to, like, starting over. Yeah, honestly, I mean, uh, yeah, last year was just, wasn't ideal, you know. A lot of unlucky things happening and haven't been on a bike since since Laguna, so I'm itching. I can't wait to get back. We test next week, so I'm counting down the days. So you've been riding motocross and stuff, right? Yeah, a little bit. Is it, is it, does it, I mean, is the wrist feel really good? Cause I know it was a painful thing that la- that started a while ago, right? I mean, it wasn't just the last part that, that was just kind of the part that pushed you over the edge. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, I've been dealing with pain wise since 2011, I've been dealing with pain, but then, uh, after the crash at Barber, um, you know, that was just elevated kind of to a whole nother level. So pain wise wrist feels great, you know, no pain, um, you know, I'm living my day-to-day life like like I normally would. Um, just taking a little bit longer than what we thought to get the strength back and and kind of um, back to being ready to ride a motorcycle. Um, but you know, it, it's going to take time. Doctor said it, at least 18 months for it to be 100%. So we're doing everything we can right now to to get back to being ready to ride a bike. So. Um, yeah, we'll guess we'll get to see next week how exactly how the wrist is doing. You know, Cam, I was thinking about this this morning, and you know, I guess any any broken bone or injury is never fun. But I was thinking, you know, like they all when you ever hear, you hear somebody breaking their femur, you kind of cringe and think that's horrible. But that's one giant bone that 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 uh, take is taken care of. The wrist thing is ridiculous. There's so many bones in there and things that don't get blood uh, flow as well as they should and all the stuff that can go wrong there. I would not wish that on anybody. So um, for you to get through that and you had some issues before with that, is it now to the point where you've got all of that cleaned up or most of it? Do you have hardware in there still? Yeah, I mean, uh, Sean, I I broke my femur a few years ago and and honestly, I'd rather break that again than deal with what I'm going with with my wrist, you know. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it was just, you know, that little bone I broke back in 2011 or, or whenever it was, um, that little scaphoid bone, it's just, it's one of the worst bones that you can break just because of the, the blood flow that it gets and it only gets blood flow from one side. So, you know, unfortunately, just leaving it for so long um, kind of, broken um the arthritis and everything around the wrist got really bad so they ended up just taking the whole row of bone out so there's no hardware in there just for less bone in the wrist and um like i said it feels feels great i've actually got quite a lot of, of mobility back which is one of the things i was looking 
looking forward most to was was getting that that range of motion back. So, um, you know, it's just it's going to take time. It's going to take time, but I I do feel like we've we've taken a step in the right direction, and and um, already it's feeling better. So, um, I guess time time will tell. And most importantly, is you're able to play golf. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Golf, golf swing hasn't changed much, which is unfortunate. I was hoping it was going to fix fix my slice, but it well, hasn't. It looks good when I see it on the on the Instagram. There, it looks like the swing was honed. Maybe that's just one out of like a hundred. Yeah, it's it's. I take as many swings as it as it takes to get that good video. Yeah. Okay, so why don't you take your hat off, spin around a little bit, and show us the hair? Yeah, you got. Look at that! Wow, oh. it's on fresh. That is, you gotta wow. be. It's gotta be ten pounds lighter. <laughs> Feels like it. I mean, my hats and stuff. I've had to go two two clicks smaller. So there you go. That's how you can tell. <laughs> get a smaller smaller helmet. <laughs> yes, yeah. Sean, it's like football players with some of that hair. I don't know how they get that under their football helmets. <laughs> Sean's Sean's head's so big he can't even wear a hat. Yeah. I can't. Yeah, that and thing would be on the last hole. Like, <laughs> it looked like the great gazoo. Cam doesn't know who that is. Hey, Cam, I, a couple things I want to ask you. So, th- speaking of football, I thought about this again during the NFL season too. Um, there are a lot of quarterbacks that were that were out this year, and I would see like a good example would be um, Joe Burrow with the uh, Bengals. He was hurt. He was on the sideline every single game. He was working with the other quarterbacks. He was there. And the one thing about you, I think you went to almost every single round that we had, even though you weren't racing. You were there all the time. It was your team. You were doing what you, you, you know, you're obviously meeting with the fans. The fans were all wishing you well. So you were doing your part for the team, but you were also kind of staying in the game, so to speak. Was that a conscious thing? And how did, you know, what was your thought, thought process behind doing that? Honestly, Sean, the main thing is, you know, I'm, I'm just a fan of the sport, you know, it's, I love it. I really do love it. It's, it's my passion. So being away from the racetracks tough and, um, yeah, obviously I wanted to, to keep my ride for 2024. So that was, that also, um, played into it, but Richard and, and the team, they never, they never standing still, you know, they're always developing the bike, always coming out with something new. And, and, um, I just wanted to make sure I was at the, at the track and, and seeing the changes and and the stuff that they were going through because you can learn from from everybody and and even having JD ride my bike you know we found some stuff and figured out some stuff that might work so yeah main thing was just kind of making sure I was there to to make sure I didn't lose any time and and fall behind and and um just stay fresh in everybody's minds you know make sure my face was in the paddock so so no nobody forgot about me cuz um, you know, I, I honestly believe we still haven't seen the best and, and, um, yeah, I just, I really wanted to make sure I got that opportunity at least for one more year. Cause yeah, 2023 was, was super unfortunate. I was actually impressed with him at the races because even when JD had success, he was like happy for him, you know? Yeah. I, I would yeah. have been like when they weren't looking like jacking with the fork settings or something, <laughs> right? So he'd be like chattering and stuff. But, you know, he was there and he was in the podium ceremonies and he just, you know, you could tell he was actually happy for him, which is, which is kind of cool because not all people would be like that. But I think, like you said, you're a fan. You want to be at the races. 
you did have job security of some sort. So it's like you weren't, you know, thinking, oh, God, I'm going to lose right. my ride. I'm sure that <laughs> thought crossed your mind, but it wasn't reality. No, right. And, you know, like you said, it's seeing JD, even if it was on my bike, it was still my bike crossing that finish line first, you know. So, right. um, and and me and JD get along great. So it was just cool to kind of see him come back after wanting to be in the paddock for so long and and getting that win was, was pretty damn cool. But, um, yeah, honestly, you know, I, I had a bunch of people telling me that I didn't have to worry about my job in 2024, but... I know what this paddock's like and I know things can change so quickly. I mean, uh, just look at Maddie, you know? Um, so yeah, honestly, main thing was, was just making sure that, that everybody knew that I was interested and I wanted to be there and, and I wanted to make it happen. Yeah. I mean, it's, you mentioned Maddie, Matthew Skoltz. It's interesting with him. We still don't know yet what he's going to be doing. I've, I, he's, I get, I think he's still over in South Africa, isn't he, Cam? I mean, he's back home. Yeah, I think so. I, I actually haven't spoke to him in a while. I think he lost his phone. So <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. He just WhatsApped me yesterday. He said, "Hey, Sean, I'm sorry, I lost my phone." I was going, "Where are you?" <laughs> not a I, good you know, time to lose your phone. <laughs> no, definitely not. Yeah, we're trying to help not, him. But... We're trying to help the dude. <laughs> yeah. to get a hold of him. So. But but uh, no, I mean, it's one of those things. You know, Matthew was gosh, I, I think he was the longest tenured rider in the paddock, and you just thought that was never going to end, and. And now, you know, he's got this situation where he's got to find some other options. And I think he might have some, but it's it's got to be tough. And I know how close you are to him. I know how close you are to Jake. Um, it's it's just tough when one of you guys is out and you're kind of a brotherhood, right? Isn't, isn't that how you describe it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we really are. Um, but, you know, I, I've kind of heard what was going on and, and – um, the thing is, I've been in Maddie's shoes before, and and I know how stressful it is. But you know, Maddie, Maddie's proven himself time and time again. So so I don't think he'll have a problem finding something. It's just uh, yeah, a matter of of everything coming together. But yeah, it's um, you know, I know I know Trig. He's he's got such a good heart, and he didn't mean to do anything, um, you know to to hurt anybody or, or do that. So um, I know it was coming from a good place. And, and but the thing is, at the end of the day, I know I know Maddie's going to be OK and he'll find something. So um, but, you know, going back, that's why I said I wanted to make sure I was at the track every single weekend. So so that um, something like that wouldn't happen to me. Yeah, we always say this thing about, you know, keeping yourself in the window. And it seems like that's the case. I. I remember that one year when after um, uh, Josh Heron was in Moto2, I mean, he came back at the end of the year. I think he was at New Jersey that last round just to kind of say, hey, I'm, you probably heard about me. I'm, I'm here. And I mean, it turned he was able to turn it into something. Now, you're, you, it's a different situation. But for sure, I mean, uh, you know, whether it's two years or a year or whatever, you guys are always trying to figure out what your next thing is going to be. So um I, I was really glad you did that especially for the fans because you know you're you're a fan favorite for sure and it, it's it was so cool to be able to see you be able to spend the time you could um because you had a little bit more time with the fans and stuff I mean you know everybody was coming up to you and it was just it was just delightful to see that so um it's you're you got the personality for it no I appreciate that Sean and and actually y'all yeah, getting you know getting to go to the races and and not race I had a lot of free time to do some other stuff like 
go to the VIP experience and and kind of see a lot of other stuff that Motor America do that that on normal weekends we don't really get to see. So, um, you know, that that side of things was pretty cool. Um, kind of getting to see a whole different side of Motor America was was pretty cool. So the test yes. you've got, oh, sorry, Sean, the test you've got next week, um, yeah. is that a one day or two day? It's a, it's a two day. Um, it's at the podium club in Arizona. So it's a track that we've never been to. So, um, I think, you know, the first test is just going to be more about kind of just getting my eyes up to speed, learning the track. And, and, um, I know Rich has got a bunch of new stuff that we want to try on the bike. So, um, I'm pretty pumped to be going to a new track and I, you know, I enjoy button willow, but yeah, pumped to be going to the podium club. Well, given, and given your situation, it's probably not a bad idea to be going to a new track because you can learn it but, yeah. and, and kind of take your time and, and yeah, also exactly. think about this, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and everything yeah. else that's going on from not having ridden in a long time. So I think it's probably a perfect case scenario. It's like some guys like to come back from injury and have it be wet, you know, because everything's slower a little bit, you know. But exactly. I can take my time getting back up to the speed of things, and and when I see Jake go three seconds quicker than me, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna panic. And, right. And, and, oh, I'm done. Right. Do oh, this here and, right. Yeah, yeah. Losing your phone well, like you Matthew. Know, <laughs> yeah. Not not only that, but in the past. Now I don't know. You'll have to tell us this, if this is a case when you guys have gone to Buttonwell in the past. Richard has always invited some of the other teams, so. Then you got, you know, M4 there and, you know, Titlers or whatever. And you're you're like not only going against your teammate, but it's almost like a full-on test, you know, for all the teams. Are you guys alone at this next test or has he invited some other teams? Do you know? I'm actually not 100% sure. Um, okay. You know, but I, I enjoy having the other teams there. And, and uh, especially for tracks, like when we have those private days, it just helps get a little bit more rubber down on the track. And, and um, but, you know, it does make it interesting because – I don't care what people said at a test. They can say they're focusing on their own program, but at the end of the day, everybody's looking at at live timing to see where they stack up. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think going to the podium club and and just getting back into the swing of things is is going to be perfect for me. Now, did do you you may not know this, but how did the bike change a lot since you've ridden it? I mean, obviously they had whatever they did during this part of the season. You weren't there, but these also had the off season. And you know how he is. I'm sure, I mean, there could be a lot of things to try. Yeah, so I know during the season, obviously, one tells off the bike. Um, I know they found a bunch of stuff with 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 Jake. And I and, um, can't remember if it was Coda or somewhere. We went somewhere and, and I had a conversation with Jake. And he just said that the bike's better than it's ever been. So, I, you know, I haven't got to ridden that, that version of the bike. Um so I'm sure there's going to be some stuff to to get used to there, and then, um, yeah, Rich has got a bunch of stuff cooking up uh, that I'm sure we're going to try over the next two months, three months. Um, you know, just the usual stuff, some swing arms, seating position, just all, all of that good stuff. So, um, yeah, I think the bike coming into this year is going to be quite a bit different to what we had last year. Do you find? Do do you find that things that Jake likes you also like, or is that not always the case? Yeah, I mean, you know, for the most part, when it comes to to a base setup and 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 you know length of bike, and we typically end up 
liking the same thing. Um, and then from there we'll, we'll make spring changes or cause, cause you know, I'm a little bit heavier than Jake. So, and, and I get to the breaks a little bit different to what Jake does. So, um, you know, in terms of actual geometry on the bike, I think we, we pretty much like the same thing. And then, um, spring rates and, and compression stacks and stuff is kind of where we, we go different. You know, Cam, one thing, one of the things I found out, I kind of knew it, but when JD got on the bike at Coda, he actually didn't even know this. And I want to ask you about it. It's the rear brake. Do you, did you have a rear brake on your bike at all? Because JD didn't. And I know Richard doesn't like you guys to use it. So tell us about that rear brake. No, so, um, you know, he, he took the foot pedal off and, and gave us a rear, rear brake that's just underneath the clutch. You know, you grab it oh, like yeah, you right. grab the clutch. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's just something that that's probably taken me the longest to get used to because, you know, I, I had such a different feel with, with the foot rear brake and um, – and then, you know, just chatting to Miguel Oliver and some of the guys overseas, they just say that that you have to use the rear brake. You know, if you want to go fast, you have to use the rear brake and you have to know where to use it. So um, Richard just gave us the one on the hand so that we could use it in more places and, and use it going around right-handers where, you know, a lot of the time you can't get your foot to the rear brake. So, um, yeah, it's just, just about getting used to having it up on – on on the handlebar you know there was a few times last year where i remember going to turn five in alabama i got in there a little bit hot and and you get into that panic situation mm -hmm. and i'll just try to reach my foot and, and grab the rear brake and then there's nothing there and it turns into a whole big panic but um yeah so we we have a rear brake it's just on the on the handlebar and it's it's a lot more adjustable and and you can use it in a lot more spots yeah, I think I think Josh Hayes had to get used to it a little bit too for the, the times that he rode it. Is you know, in fact, I think he that one time he went off the track, he kind of panicked and went for the right foot. I mean, obviously, muscle memory is is tough. It's got to be hard for you. I mean, obviously, JD being a flat tracker, you know, the rear brake is is used a lot. And I know Gagne with motocross, but you do a lot of moto too, so you probably, I would assume, do need to use that. You know, um, it's something to your point. It seems like it's coming to play a lot more in recent years than it used to be. I, I would talk to riders who wouldn't even use the rear brake. Now this is probably before traction control and lift control and all that stuff, but it's really changed. You were, you guys have to have, use all your tools when you have them, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, as, as time's gone on, I feel like technique gets a lot better and, and, you know, you see it on the motocross side of things. Like the kids on 85s these days are, are completely different to what they used to be 10, 10 years ago. And, and it's it's the same same with us, you know. Um, so yeah, yeah. One more one more question about equipment, Paul. So so Cam, last year was the first year that you guys had the neutral lockout. Did you were you okay with it? Did it work for you? And did you like having it? Yeah, neutral lockouts amazing. Not <laughs> not worrying about hitting false neutrals going to corners. But um, you know, I know we did change. We did change um the actual gear ratio um with that and you know most of the tracks we were into we were kind of in completely different gears and and that took a lot of getting used to um you know honestly i think i kind of preferred the old gearbox but the neutral lockout thing is i think it should be a 
a must on everybody you know it makes it so much safe safer to ride so um yeah i think the main thing was was just finding the right gearing and, and making sure we could make the most out of it you know there were there were a few spots this year um or last year should i say road atlanta and a few other places that i feel like the the new gear ratio hurt us a little bit um so yeah we'll see we'll see what what we have planned for for this year yeah and for the fans to understand that was something that you guys could do last year is you you could pick another gear ratio but once you chose it you had to use it for the entire rest of the season so you couldn't go back and you couldn't change it or anything so it was kind of a commitment you guys had to make so just so the fans the fans understand that was there ever a time where you didn't remember to flip that little lockout thing or do what you had to do or did it just come pretty naturally for you no yeah lucky enough you know, I'm not I'm not that smart. So so <laughs> the crew, the crew that we have, I mean, those guys make sure the bike's ready for me to go before I swing my leg over it because yeah, I'm not the not the smartest guy around. So you're not gonna remember <laughs> anything basically. <laughs> no, no, no. You're just this. No. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's right. So let's with, talk with your with go ahead, yours. oh go ahead paul i said i had only one more no 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 you go i'm going to change the subject entirely so well go i was i was too so you change the subject and i'll change it again later go ahead paul well as far as the off season goes i know big sis got married so it looked like you guys all had a good time in somewhere in mexico wasn't it cancun yeah we went to cancun yeah awesome yeah. look fun it was it was a great time and uh yeah the the all-inclusive thing Caught us out on the first day. So, yeah, that's usually yeah, what all, happens. Yeah, yeah, you get there, and uh, so second day was a bit of a write-off, but yeah, man, I'm what a proud little brother to see my big sister get married, and and um, yeah, actually, first time me and the wife have been on vacation together. You know, we've we've never actually got to go on vacation, so it was cool to cool to get out and and go experience a little bit more. Yeah, and some you know, I, if there's any good thing about being injured, it's it's being able to take a little bit more time for yourself and kind of let everything else heal as well and just kind of not be pushing yourself all the time. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and I had a lot of time this this off season to do that. So probably too yeah, much. We, we, yeah, way too much, way too much. But we we had a great time and um, you know, now just ready to get back into the swing of things. I'm I'm itching to get back riding. You know, I want to ask you, um, Cam, it seems like I mean, I know you're quite taken with the game of golf now. In fact, last week uh, we were going to try to get you on, but we waited too long and you ended up, you were playing golf with some of your friends. I, I know you play it and it seems like you've picked it up. To me, it seems like you've picked it up and, and, and embraced it even more over the past few years. And I just thought of this. Now, your brother-in-law is a golf pro, right? Yeah, yeah. He's he's had his pro card and... Um... You know, we we try to convince him all the time. We're like, dude, you you need to go try be pro, get on the corn free, go to the PGA because he's that good. Um, so do you, do you so play, do you when, play when, against him? Do you play against him? I, I mean, mean, obviously they live in in uh, Greenville, South Carolina now, but right. when they were living with us, we played a bunch of rounds, and um, I don't think he could have given me enough shots, and he <laughs> always ended up beating me. So, um, but it's crazy. It's yeah, this. Golf, I've always had a love for golf. Um, you know, in Zimbabwe, we grew up on a golf course and my dad had golf clubs in my hand when I was three, four years old. And, um, but yeah, for some reason, the last two years, it's, I'm not joking. I am so passionate about the you're, game of you're golf. You're addicted. I'm, I'm, 
as addicted as it gets. And, yeah. And all I want to do is get good. So, uh, and the nice thing is, you know, the golf is so easy on the body that that it doesn't matter what you do. You can go ride and then go get nine holes in after riding. And um, so, yeah, honestly, my twenty twenty one of my twenty twenty four goals is to tee it up with JP and to beat him. <laughs> wow, uh, <laughs> that's Jason Pradmar for those who don't know, who's a yeah, really really good yeah. golfer. Are, coming for you are you close i mean you're you're that close that you can think about doing it That's I, I, I don't think so i i mean you know jp's a he's a scratch golfer he's probably a plus handicap so i'll say i've probably got eight shots to go before i'm you know able to be competitive with with jp well that's good it's probably put you second in the paddock anyway i don't there's some good golfers in the paddock yeah i know right, Wy yeah. the wyman's play a lot and i don't know how yeah. good they are but yeah that's funny. What, it would, it would be cool. We need, a, we need to get a golf tournament going on with, with yeah, all the modern golfers. Yeah, we could do some charity thing at the end of the year, whatever, yeah. for the Air Fence Fund, and it'd be cool. That would be cool. Figure a lot, out a lot of people who play. Is the best. Yeah. Yeah, what's the best part of your game, Cam? Is it is it driving or putting or irons? What uh, what are you best at, do you think? Um, I think I think my short game is pretty good. Um yeah i i do i do lose a lot of shots off the tee so that's something i need to work on but yeah around the greens i'm i'm pretty good around the greens which ends up saving me a lot of shots because i do hit a, a lot of penalties off the tee box yeah is there is there anything from the game of golf that you can equate to to racing motorcycles at all absolutely i i, I think okay. the whole mental side of things with golf can be so relatable to everything, everything in life. And like, you know, it, it's the most frustrating sport there is. And, you know, one thing, one thing that I'm really trying to work on is, is beginning of last year. And I, and I do this a lot. And if, if I'm a little bit behind on, on the Friday practice or anything like that, and, and somebody's quicker than me, I'll always focus on somebody else's program, you know, and then, and then, push beyond my limits and end up crashing and hurting myself and doing stuff like this. And, and one thing that, that I'm really trying to work on with golf is because you have those bad shots and you can start off, but it's just try to brush it off, you know, and focus on, on the next step that's right in front of you. And I feel like that's honestly something that you can take from golf and, and take it to the motorcycle side of things. And, and, um, help out big time. So, so I'm really trying to work on that side of things, you know, like not, not focus on, on the negatives and, and put it behind me and focus on the positives and focus on my own, own program. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully the year's coming up. I'll, I'll be a little bit better at that. And, and when Jake goes a second quicker than me, I don't, I don't send myself to the moon trying to get there too early, you know? And it's, you know, mentally it's so fatiguing. I think that's gotta be a training thing too, because you're out there for four hours, like it. Unless I'm playing really well, which is rare. Like I, I always wish it was like 15 holes, because like <laughs> no, like the last couple of holes, you're just kind of like you're drained yeah. from it, you know. If you, especially yeah. if you're having a bad day. Yeah, it's it, it it really is one. I think the most mentally tough sports in the world. I honestly believe that. And so, so yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to take some stuff from golf and and bring it into the motorcycle side of things. Now, where you are in so, Corona, do you have places nearby? Yeah, we've, I've got 
courses all over the place. Yeah, there's a lot out there, yeah. I mean, you guys, golf now is, you can't find anything under $65, $70. It's, it's so expensive. So that's the issue is now it's, it's getting too expensive. Yeah, it adds up. Yeah. And it's, it's, not, uh, it's not the same going to the driving range either. And that's not cheap no, anymore. No, it's not. Yeah, I mean, now, now I remember when you know, a large bucket of range balls was $8, $5. Now it's $18. Yeah. Yeah. Cam, when you – so replicating – having a perfect golf swing and then replicating it, I mean, it seems like, you know, if you get a perfect golf swing, trying to do it more, again, repeatedly does, is so hard to do. When you're, when you're in practice and qualifying, probably not so much the race because, you know, well, you, you're also dealing with people on the track at other sessions. But do you – when you go out in a session, are you – do you have a line that you're trying to go on and stay on it and just keep perfecting that line? Or do you try some different stuff during the whole session? You know, I, I think the main focus is, is going out there and just hitting your marks. Um, but you know, there will be practice sessions where, where we will experiment a little bit with, um, you know, how late we can get on the brakes and how deep we can push into a corner. Um, but you know, for me, the main thing is, is like just making sure I hit my marks because I know if I do that, then everything else will kind of come into play. And um, so, honestly, for me, the main thing is is just trying to stay consistent and and hit my marks. And and you know, the more you do that, the more comfortable you get, the more confidence you get, and and kind of speed comes with that. So. Um, you know, I think everybody's got a different way they go about it, but. For me, it's just mainly about making sure I hit my marks, be at the apex, make sure I'm cracking on the gas, driving past the apex and and just kind of stuff like that. And then, um, you know, we all have times where we experiment of how deep we can get into a corner and and uh, you know, stuff like that. Are we going to see you in the Daytona 200? That's the plan. Good. That's the plan. Oh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I think we're planning on, on doing the 200 again. So... I told you guys, I think as long as Richard wants to do it, I'm going until I put that Rolex around my wrist. But, uh, man, this year it's going to be stacked with, with the world champs yeah. coming in and yeah. and uh, lots of Ducatis out there, and it's it's going to be stacked. It's got to be, and I, I've heard, you know, it's got to be a frustrating race at times because the fastest guy in the world isn't getting away, right? So it just always comes down to that. It's not luck, but it's like you got to be positioned correctly, and there's a lot of things that go into it, and it's always a battle right to the flag at the end. And that's it. It's like, you know, there's two years in a row now I've kind of thought I've put myself in the right position. And and, and, and it's not. And, yeah, I got beat to the line. So I think a lot of it kind of does have to do with with luck. Um, and see, it helps, it helps having a fast bike. So... So, uh, you know, lo- last year, unfortunately, we had some stuff going on and it was 12 days after my my carpal tunnel surgery and arm pump surgery and, and all of that. And um, the clutch broke on the start. Um, so, yeah, I was I was running every time I got to close to the finish line in the draft or whatever. I was hitting the, the limiter. I was on the limiter. So I kind of knew going to the run to the line, I was like, I, there's no way I can win this. You know, I'm just running onto the rev limit the whole time. So, um, 
we've got some we've got some stuff that we can do this year so hopefully it makes it a little bit better and and uh yeah i'm sure i won't be racing a whole race with a broken clutch you know cam one of the things about you riders in it when you're during the season when you guys get hurt or you have a nagging injury that doesn't take you out of racing you know or you had a crash i i try not to talk about that because you guys never want to talk about that during the season, but this off season is kind of a good time to, to kind of talk about some of these things. You mentioned your, your surgery you had for um, compartment syndrome. So I don't know if you saw the podcast that we did with Sean Dylan Kelly, where he talked about the debacle he had, um, but he's some kind of X-man because somehow that sheath literally started to grow back. Have you looked at what you had done and is there any concern about that? Do you, with your wrist injury, have you been able to even see if that arm pump surgery is going to work for you? I mean, it, it worked when I had it last year. Um, okay. It, it 100, 110% it worked. And um, yeah, you know, actually on, on the, the scar that I have up here, I had a little bit of an issue as well. And I guess it's just the way some people's body reacts to it. And, and um, yeah, with this, with this guy, I kind of had the same issue as the SDK with the with the kind of scar tissue and the fascia that grows back. It's just so fat and and thick. Um, but I mean, I haven't had any issues with mine yet. So so hopefully, and and I know you you have to get it done every certain amount of years because that fascia does grow back. You know, so oh, I didn't know um, that. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. The the fascia does grow back, so you have to get it done every so often i mean like um jake just had his second arm pump surgery done on the on the same arm so so i know it's something event i'm gonna have to to have worked on again but it's working for right now yeah it's it's such a gnarly thing to have happen i mean i i know you know from from matthew maddie as you call him i can't quite bring myself to do that i've always called him matt (laughs) maddie yeah these guys always call him maddie he, as far as I understand it, he doesn't want to have it done because he doesn't think he's not really keen on it. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, honestly, I don't know too many people that struggle with arm pump as much as Matthew, and and you know, he rides and trains as hard as anybody, and sometimes arm pump is what it is. We just have it, and I've tried to convince Matthew for a long time. I'm like, just go get it done. Just go get it yeah. done. It'll make your life so much easier. And, um, yeah, I'm not 100% sure why he hasn't quite had it done. Yeah, I mean, I feel bad for him because you see him after sessions, he's icing down and everything, and I know how he feels about it. So, and, you know, you, you've you had it. You've talked to other people that have. I didn't know. You know, he always says sometimes it doesn't work, but to your point, having to have it done again, that's that's a, a revolutionary thing for me to understand. I, I didn't know that it did grow back at naturally so that's that's a tricky situation anyway but um you've have you most of the time you only have it in your right arm because it's your it's your breaking arm but have you had it in both or have you ever do you ever get arm pump in the left side um the only time i got arm pump on on the left side was was after the the injury on the wrist kind of um oh you know re-hurting it because i just had no strength and also saw that i was overcompensating with my left arm um, but otherwise I, I really don't kind of struggle with my left arm, mainly just the, the right, right hand. And, and honestly, I think, I think my wrist and the wrist injury had a lot to do with my arm pump. Yeah. I'm sure. yeah, no doubt about it. You were compensating for other issues, which is really hard. 
Um, okay, I have to ask you this question. And Richard Stamboli, uh -oh. yeah, he called me names before. He'll do it again, I think. But I'm going to ask you anyway. Cam, well, you may not answer because you don't want him to yell at you either. But <laughs> okay, Cam, do you trust the electronics on a motorcycle? Yeah, you have to. Okay, you have to. So it's it's it's, so, it's tough. You know, it's yeah, it's it's super hard to to just trust in something that that we've kind of been taught our whole lives to go against. Um, but you have to, you have to, and <laughs> and you know, in, in the off chance, because there's been so many opportunities where the electronics have saved my life. Um, and, and it's something you just, you just have to trust them. And, and in the off chance that something happens, oh, well, it's part of the game. Yeah. You know? If it saved you nine times and one time it didn't, it's, you're still exactly. nine ahead. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's so tough because yeah, it's something you just have to be like, all right, well, I'm 55 degrees lean angle. I, I have to get to hundred percent throttle. It's, it's, it's so scary. Yeah. Well, that's it. It's so it's so counterintuitive for you to be in a situation where every fiber of your being is saying, "Don't whack open that throttle. You're, you're going to high side the thing to the moon, and you got to trust that the electronics are going to do what they want." So, have you ever had a situation where you've gone into into a turn or something, or accelerated out of a turn, and you said, "Okay, I've got to I've got to just go WFO with it," and you were surprised that it did what it was supposed to do? Did you oh, ever surprise yourself? All the time. Absolutely. I, I mean, literally almost every single lap, it, it does something where it catches something. I'm like, I mean, and we, we joke around all the time, but we need it. We're going to put a money jar out and we call it the watchdog on our electronics. And, and, you know, when it gets past a certain point of spin or anything, the watchdog kicks on and, and brings it back in line. And, uh, yeah, every time the watchdog saved our lives, we put a dollar into the into the into the money jar because it happens all the time. I mean, I think I remember one very scary moment was at Brain at turn two, where the thing kind of, you know, halfway around the corner, just decided that it was going to step out a little bit more, and. You know, halfway through, I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be bad. And just the watchdog catches on and brought it back in line or all, all nice and safe. So it's a good name for uh, it. Yeah, yeah that yeah. is a good name. Yeah. 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 So I guess that's not so bad. Richard's not going to be upset about that. But conversely, <laughs> the other the other side of that that's tricky is any kind of intervention on the bike for the most part, I think, you know, certainly traction control, you know, probably lift control for sure, too. Those things are actually adversely affecting the really the horsepower, the output of the bike, it's curtailing some things. So sometimes that electronic intervention can really not have a good effect on the performance of the motorcycle. Is it a fine line? Sometimes you got to make sure you don't go over that line. How do you, how do you handle that? Absolutely. And that's why we, we work on electronics probably 90% of the time, because there's so much adjustability to it that that there definitely is a fine line that you can be taking too much power away from the bike or could be spinning up too much. So yeah, trying to find that balance is is probably the hardest thing that that we as riders and crew go through is finding that balance, trying to get the bike perfect with electronics wise, because you know, a good electronics package, that could be the difference between third and first. It really can be. Um so 
so yeah it's 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 tough it's tough to find that balance and and honestly i i still feel like i'm i'm still trying to figure it out and and get to that point you know and and um luckily i have the crew that i do and i have richard and and um darren marshall helping me yes. out because because yeah otherwise i think it would be a, a, a bit of a different story i've got a question yeah, for yeah. you is it yeah. is it hard or easy is it harder or easier having like the best guy in the truck with you like i obviously he's <laughs> yeah, I obviously you, yeah. but does it get frustrating like what do i got to do no. Honestly, you know, at first I was so intimidated. Uh, you know, I was like, he's going to think I'm a complete idiot. And, and mm -hmm. like, honestly, a little bit scared to say stuff because he's he's a genius, you know. And then, um, yeah, once you get to know Richard, it's it's I'm so grateful that I actually get to work with him. And he is my crew chief because I don't think I could really have anybody better in, in my corner. Um, and, um yeah, when you get to know Richard, he's 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 a bit of a different guy than than what you see um, at the racetrack, you know. Okay, that was yep. a really good answer, but it wasn't to yep. the question I asked because I was actually <laughs> talking. I, I was talking about Jake. Like, is, oh, is, oh, the competition. <laughs> yeah, oh, I didn't get it either. No, no, I'm I sorry. I, that's my, my fault. I didn't explain it well. Like sharing the truck with Jake Gagne because he's no, the best no. guy. Is it is it make it harder or make it easier? Is it intimidating? I mean, not really, you know. And and maybe because it is Jake, and right. we have the relationship, I do. So so I might look at it a bit of a different way. But if anything, it's it's um, it's encouraging, you know. Like um, I, I I see what the bikes are able to do, and 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 we get to share all the data, and and I know what's what's possible so it's it's encouraging having him in the pat in in the same truck and and just kind of getting to see what he does well also there's probably i don't know if pressure is the right word but he's obviously got more pressure on him than you do because he's supposed to be the guy and you're supposed to be the guy that's trying to be the guy yeah yeah i mean but he does not yeah he's pressure nothing he don't give a shit about pressure he doesn't feel it at all <laughs> And at if least, he does, he does a great job at hiding it. And at least you never have to worry about him eating your food, because <laughs> the food he the food he eats isn't even really food. I don't. Think. Yeah, and he doesn't have to worry about me eating his. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, no, you know what it's kind of honestly. I mean, I, I, our whole team dynamic couldn't couldn't be better. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, you're in a good spot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It is kind of interesting, Cam. You guys point, you and Paul pointed this out. So you, you're you very close with Jake Gagne. We all know, know that. But at the same time, he's a pretty different guy than you are. It's interesting that you guys do mesh because everything from what you eat to maybe even, well, you both love moto, I guess. But still at the same time, you know, well, does, does Jake play golf much? I don't even know that. I can't no, picture he, that. He, no, he <laughs> yeah. doesn't. We, yeah. we actually, uh, Laguna last year, we got him to play at 18 at the course right by the track and i think he enjoyed it <laughs> oh we went to t we went to talk. at least if anything he, yeah at least if anything he got to wear he got to walk the golf course barefoot so yeah. he, he was stuck from that <laughs> and we, we have gone to top golf with him a little bit at bar uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah, true. yeah 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 but 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 that's my point you two guys are quite different but you also get along extremely well as well as any any two teammates i've ever seen and you help each other i'm sure so is there maybe a little bit of that opposites attract some somewhat that works yeah you know we might 
look different from the outside, but me and Jake share a lot of the same interests and, and kind of enjoy the same things. Um, but yeah, obviously we, we've got our own things that we enjoy. Like, you know, I'm, I'm massive into, into ball sports, like golf, cricket, rugby, hockey, um, no matter what it is. And, and Jake's kind of the opposite, you know, he, he prefers to snowboard and, and surf and butch, I'm massively a fan of as well. So, um, yeah, we, we, we get along great. We get along great. And it's, it's, it's kind of the perfect situation at the track. I've got it. You, you know this better than anybody, but like I just said, you're in a really good spot, but you spend a hell of a lot of time, not in a very good spot. Does it, does it make it even better when you finally get to where you've dreamed of being? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I still, every night or whenever, you know, I've got a steam room at the house now and, and I still, every single day, I still remind myself and remember of those struggles and where I came from just so that you never get complacent, you know, because once you kind of get to the spot that you wanted to make it to, it's very easy to kind of forget where you came from. So, um, yeah, I, I really do try think about those those tough times and and where i was and and still you know I, I find myself i just i can't believe that that we're in this situation and and we kind of made it happen but we're not done yet i i like i said, i won't be satisfied if i don't win a championship before before my career is done so yeah we got to make that happen well, and the thing is, if you win a championship, you're going to want to win another one. So, I mean, it's, it's just, it's always up upwards all the time. There's no doubt about it with you. I, I know where your drive comes from. Yeah, when, I mean, well, you, you know, honestly, if I could, I'd love to be racing until I'm 40, 42. So, so if that's the case and I'm winning, then, then yeah, let's do it. That's why what not? Josh Heron said. Everybody looks at Josh Hayes and they're like, hey, if, if, if him, then why not me? So, you know, keep it yeah. going. Um, yeah. Well, we're going to get ready to wrap here cam but i do want to go back to one thing that you touched on uh, you you were talking about richard a little bit and i want to ask you this when you come in uh, from a session how specific do you get when you guys are, when you're talking with richard do you tell him things like i need more preload you got to raise the ride height do you get that technical or do you just tell him it does this it does that it's feeling funny how do you describe things yeah it's it's not my job to tell them we need more preload or rebound and and those guys are way smarter than I am at doing that. So, you know, we I just try be as in depth with my with my feedback as possible. Um so yeah, just honestly, but but I'm not the kind of guy that's like, hey, we need two more clips clicks of of rebound or we need to do this with the springs or but you know I can tell if if a bike's stiff or soft or if if the dive speeds you know I, I can can tell a lot of that stuff so um so yeah I, I try to be in depth as as possible but definitely not the guy that that is asking for clicks here and there and, and telling them what to do you know yeah I guess it's less me wondering how you whether you're you know what to change and more you know what to say to them so that they understand what they need to do to do it. And, and is it, is it, is it emotions with your hands? The bike is doing this. How do you describe what you, what you're trying to get the bike to do or what it isn't doing for you? I think it's a combination of everything. And, and, um, you know, Richard's really good. And, and actually everybody in the team corn dog as well. And, 
and Marshall, everybody, they, they're really good at asking questions back when you give them their feedback. And they're really good at asking questions back and kind of pinpointing it at where you're talking about. So um, I think it's mainly the communication, but the back and forth between you and the crew chief of, of, you know, kind of the feedback I get and the questions he asks, you know, um, and, and yeah, Richard's just really good at, at, at asking questions and, and pinpointing it at what I'm telling him and, and the feedback I'm giving him. Yeah. It certainly underscores that it takes a team to, to win races and to win championships. And you, you got a good one there. And we certainly wish you luck this year. And of course, with your testing to see how it goes right off the bat, we're, we're looking for great things out of you, Cam. I'm glad you're going to be bouncing back. So it's great that you're on with us. No, I appreciate it, Sean. And uh, yeah, I can't, can't wait to get racing. Can't wait to see you guys at the paddock. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been way too long. And uh, yeah, should should be an exciting year. All right. Yeah. Be safe. And again, like Sean said, thanks for joining us. And say hi to the wife and the dog for me. I will. I will. All right on Daddy P, Sean Vox. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. Thank you for everything. Bye. Thanks.